This is the This Is Water podcast with Bob Forrest. Recorded on location in Hollywood, California. Here's your host, Bob Forrest. This is the This Is Water show with Bob Forrest and Nate, the man behind the board and sometimes talking. I'm back from tour and I feel like in another dimension of life. I traveled so much, it was crazy. I went from LA to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Chicago, Chicago to San Diego, San Diego to LA, LA to San Francisco, San Francisco to Big Sur, Big Sur to Hearst Castle, Hearst Castle to home, day off, New York, Boston, um, back to New York to hang out, hung out with Dr. Drew in New York. That's weird. Double dates, two nights in a row. <laughs> it was very weird. So we went and saw to the Comedy Cellar and saw Aziz was doing like a nice. secret show. That was great. Nice. So two days in New York. Then what else? Then Philadelphia and then home. Yeah. And I've been home and it just seems so spaced out. Yeah, whirlwind. Plus you you, you kind of lost like three weeks or something from your I normal life. I woke up life. at 2.30 this morning. I went to sleep like with Elvis at nine, at 9 o'clock, and I woke up at 2.30. I've been up ever since. That can't be helping. <laughs> but life is grand. I wanted to play music again, and I did. And I got pretty good at it. You know, just practicing. I'm not practicing. It makes a hell of a difference. When you play for an hour and 15 minutes every night, you get better. You get as good as you're going to get. That makes sense. So... It was fun, and people came out, and thanks to everyone that came out, and met a girl in, um, where was it, in Philadelphia, and her best, her best friend had just died of heroin like four days before. Yikes, so how many, timely. So many kids dying. So I'm in the rehab racket and the music racket. And then I came home and did Marin's show. That was exciting. I'm still yet to understand podcasts. I've only listened to the two Louis C.K. and Marin, the Marin show with Louis C.K., because my friend Dave said, you should listen to those. And I listened to it, and then I talked to Marin about it, and he said, that was just an accident. And and when I was there doing the show, it just felt like, is this good or is this bad, or does he like me or does he not? Is this like, you don't even sense what it is. But here's what I concluded then after all this podcast. I've done like five podcasts of Dan and Dave, one in the Midwest, um, one up in Chicago, um, this NPR one, this other NPR one. So here's the thing. People don't talk anymore. They don't interaction. They don't converse. They don't talk about the small little things. There's no things. talking on Facebook. There's no you talking on Facebook like or texting or... So I guess podcasts are this phenomenon because people are actually talking about nothing. I felt like that's what me and Marin talked about, nothing. Like we talked about Fog Hat. and Yeah, you talk about life, you talk about what you're interested in. Uh, yeah. That's why weird. people like his show because it's, it's unassuming in a way. Well, it's, it's, but don't you think there should be a point to it? <laughs> There's a point. You're, you're going to be introduced to like, I don't know, 100,000 people that don't know who you are. Yeah, well, <laughs> well. here's the other thing. Chris Rock twittered about my New York show. It didn't lead to that. one more ticket sale. It, it got a bunch of clicks. Yeah. <laughs> this is the it, internet era. Yeah. That doesn't, nobody leaves that right, Like Unless Ryan Adams is twittering about me, I don't think it's really translates. Even then, I don't think he'll sh- but people anybody get will excited. Then he couldn't come because he had his daughters. Wow. But Louis C.K. came. That's exciting. That was very exciting. Because I was standing there and... Louis walked in, he was looking for my friend Dave, and I knew he was, and he had that Louis C.K. look, like he was scanning the room, he knew there was like 150 people that were looking at him, and he didn't like, like that at all, where's the one person I know, and where's the one person I know, and he wasn't there, so now I walked up and I go, are you looking for Dave, and he's like, uh, yeah, and I was like, he's coming, he's on his way, and I said, do you want to come and sit with me, and he said, uh, no, I'm just going to text him. <laughs> But it's it was like, so I don't cool. Talk to people. It was so cool. It was really fun to play music again. But it's unrealistic. It cost me four thousand dollars. I came home. I got rent due tomorrow. I don't really have it. The musician's life is not 
the recovery professionals life. Uh, it's I not for the, the weak stomached. <laughs> so one thing I noticed was a lot of people with family, family and friends that are drug addicts came to the shows and wanted to talk to me about that. So, and I really do believe, and I've been talking about this with a lot of my friends, my dad would never put up with my bullshit drugs. I would have just been dead to him. And because of that, I think is, is why, you know, you have this sense of you have to take responsibility for yourself. This codependency that's in our nation and the fiber of our nation, it's not helping anybody. It's so crazy. Like uh, people were crying to me about people that their friends that were on drugs. I was like, you need to get a hobby. <laughs> like they're they're probably not going to stop taking drugs. So if it's so emotionally um, traumatizing to you, yeah, you got to figure something else out. Um, and I I got this sense that America's drug addicts are holding America's codependent people hostage <laughs> yeah right and and the codependent people need to rise up and go you know what fuck you you selfish prick right that's what people said to me yeah help nobody's gonna change help. because you want them to change <laughs> yeah. it doesn't it, so all it's gonna do is drive you crazy so i realized like you know there's something really going on the problem of america maybe isn't drugs maybe it's codependency <laughs> it's it's inverse. You got to. It's an it inversion because the drug addicts are just smoking weed and getting high and you know feeling sorry drugs. for themselves. But the codependents are they're so emotionally affected by other people taking drugs. It was just crazy. Um, but I've been in a spaced zone. And then what happened night before last night? Basketball season. Basketball. Basketball. Elvis watched Kobe Bryant for the first time his in two years. His favorite player. He said, "I hope Kobe doesn't hurt his leg again." Aww. That's what he said. Does but he not know that Kobe's like really old? He know he knows that he's or old. He's not, he kept saying, really old, "I haven't seen Kobe play since I was three. And I was like, "Right, he's been hurt for two years, but there he is, right there." And he was just mesmerized. Then, you know, I've been watching the first couple of uh, games of the new season. I'm telling you, basketball has changed. It's all about guards and running. It's not basketball like it used to be anymore. And um, it does get a little boring. Like what? that Steph Curry. Watching sports is boring? Steph Curry, is, it's like watching a video game. That guy is so good. He's so fucking good. It's unbelievable. He never misses. I mean, I watched the whole Golden State game. I might have to move to San Francisco to root for Golden State. Why? Well, you're in California. Vote for Golden vote State. For oh, root the Golden State. You're in the Golden State. Oh, you I'm can in be the, a Golden State. I didn't State think of fan. that. I always think of them as the San Francisco Warriors. I think you're a, a lifetime Clippers fan, though. Mm, Clippers are so arrogant. Like, Kobe Bryant should be on the Clippers, and that would make it just a triumph. Maybe, maybe he'll. Follow Michael Jordan Wizards thing and plays for some <laughs> shit team and embarrass himself for a year or two. He's in, he embarrassed himself the other well, night. You know, <laughs> shot. He was one for seven when he came out of the box, and everybody's like, "Oh, he had twenty-four points. He shot twenty-four times." <laughs> I could shoot twenty-four times. I could probably score twenty-four points. But basketball is going. Baseball is going. Yep, prime time for baseball. Football is going, and hockey is going. This is the greatest time for a, an extended adolescent like me. I went to two hockey games on tour. I went to the Boston Bruins with Mark Cates, and so I went one. to the New York Rangers. Just Christy and I went. It was good. But hockey, hockey is really exciting sport. It's much more fun to watch because it's just going, going, going. And it's violent, <laughs> like America. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I'm getting into hockey. But I don't know if I like the Kings. I don't know. I might, I'm going to have to go. But sports is back. I'm back. I'm opening up a rehab center. Bob's. Bob's. Just called Bob's. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it can't be any worse than all these other fucking places. 
And, and it's going to have only two rules. Be cool and don't use. And <laughs> don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Um, and it will be all male, so we won't have to be the sex police. How about that? That's good. Sort of. All these places that worry so much. You might be so cutting much. your possible options in half there, but do you maybe have another I'll, one that's Shelly's Maybe I'll or have something? a Yeah, Shelly's got it. So I'm in the rehab racket. I'm in the dad racket, and I'm in the sports fanaticism racket, and the podcast and I'm racket. in the podcast racket, and I'm in the music racket. And let me tell you something: when you got when you when you go out and you have toured before, and then you're touring. Tw- I hadn't played Philadelphia in 16 years. I realized, right? So I just felt so good. I just walked around and went to a thrift store and. Just mellow, mellow. I went to the bell because I was by yeah. myself. So I went to the bell. Like, <clears throat> producer Dave was texting me. He was like, is Bob actually running his Facebook? Because he was weirded out by all your selfies. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, I didn't have anybody to take them. In Philadelphia, people aren't nice. Like in New York, you can <laughs> say, like, can you take you. a picture of me? <laughs> and they and don't take do your it. phone? They'll do it. No, they'll do it. But in Philadelphia, they're just they're not having it. So I went all around Philly, and then I... Um, Played the show, then I went back and did. How was the that one? Radio I don't think show. I heard anything about that one. It was good. It was all right. There wasn't a lot of people there. That was the weird thing. Like New Kevin. York and San Francisco were packed, and I knew like you should just play New York and San Francisco and L.A. But you can't really have a career that way. But I don't really want a career. I just want to make records. So, anyways, I brought Marin a Lenny Bruce record, red vinyl. Nice. Because I heard uh, he he doesn't he doesn't like eBay. How can somebody not like eBay? That's into that was the shit. only thing That's that we didn't click. I said I said, are you into eBay? And he said, no, I don't I don't allow myself to be on eBay. Yeah, he'd probably spend all his money buying <laughs> weird shit. And so so we bonded over many things, but not eBay. And and you know, a lot of people had a lot of questions, like what to do with a drug addict. Um, uh, you know, C four, C fives. People always ask me questions about whether they should take heroin for their back pain. You know what <laughs> if I mean? You want, if like, that's your thing, yeah, do it. <laughs> do it, baby. Subscribe. I'm fucking all for it. If you got good reason your, uh... to take heroin, take it. <laughs> it's true. For your anxiety, we've uh... become such a spineless society. You need some fucking old husband punk rock dude with a hat to tell you it's okay to take heroin. People are nuts with this medical information. WebMD. Well, <laughs> no, diagnose they, yourself. But what people really want, like what all Americans want, is the easier, softer way. Absolutely. They want to not have pain and not be addicted to opioids. And that's impossible. You're either going to have pain and not be addicted to opiates, or you're going to be have no pain and you're going to be addicted to opiates, but you can't have it both ways. And this goes with so many of the things in our society. Everybody thinks they should have it all. It's weird. Like, I, you know, I, I can fall into it, but I'm pretty realistic. When reality comes my way, I acknowledge it. Most Americans, reality comes their way and they blame somebody else or they, or they don't even notice it, Right. So, and um, I was on the airplane next to this um, person who was telling me all about their health issues. I'm like a, I'm like a target for people to talk about why they need to take drugs. They're trying to justify to themselves. And yeah, I talked to the guy from Dr. Drew, yeah, and he's, yeah, he said, yeah, I need to take this. Like, why? <laughs> like, what does it matter what I think? Because you're on TV, man. I was or, on TV, though. I'm sure there's more TV in my future because they were calling me, calling me, calling me about, I don't know, some somebody just jumped off a bridge the other day. I heard that. Anytime there's people jumping off of bridges or, or you know, passing away from natural causes, I somehow get a text from some media outlet. Yeah, natural causes. Natural causes. 40 years old, natural causes. So... um and why is it that drugs are so popular? Because they're so good. <laughs> That's the truth of it. 
Why did everybody, you know, when Hillel died, um, you know, we went to the funeral, was out here in the valley, and then there was this after party or whatever at his aunt or uncle's house in the Fairfax district. And I didn't want to go, but people I was driving with, Rob Graves wanted to go or something. And so then we went, and, and uh, you know, I looked like the most drug addict drug addict. The rest of us kind of look like could be drug addicts. So <laughs> Probably drug addicts, well, but not for sure. I think it was Hillel's uncle grabbed my arm and pulled my shirt sleeve up to see track marks and said, out. why do you boys use the needles with the drugs? Why do you use the needles with the drugs? And I, I was like, you know, when it was happening, it was so shocking and I was so ashamed of myself and I, I was just like, come on, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And then when I was back in the car, I was thinking... If anybody's used the needles with the drugs, they you would know like why it. you're doing it. <laughs> and um, I forget what else is going on. I'm so spaced out, man. I've slept like some nights. I didn't sleep at all because I slept. Excited, at, nervous. Because it was like, like a DIY. It was like a DIY tour. Like the only I stayed at my friend Anne's in New York. I didn't stay in Boston. I stayed at a motel halfway between Boston and New York. I um, I stayed on my friend Brian's my friend Brian's house in Chicago. I stayed. Um, I didn't stay in Minneapolis. Where did I? Oh yeah, I did stay in Minneapolis at a hotel. But it was fucked up because months ago, prior to my separation and divorce, and prior to my economic collapse. I said, oh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do whatever you guys want me to, and I'll, I'll take care of myself. That's what I said. Uh, and that was I the sentence a, that doomed I me. had an inability <laughs> to take care of myself. Hotels are like $500. It's crazy. Like in San Francisco, uh, this shitty crack motel that we stayed in was $280. This is fucking unbelievable. Who? And, and then I was in all these airports, and I kept looking at all the people like, how do they have the money to be flying places? How can, how can millions of Americans just be like staying in $280 a month a night motels and flying everywhere? Because it killed me. <laughs> Fuck, it costs a lot of money to get out there. Gas and food and lodging, right? And I guess in the old Thelonious Monster days, I didn't really know. It must have cost us a fortune every day. You had like 10 or 12 people and you got to feed them and house them. And it must have been a lot of money. <laughs> Hotel rooms were probably cheaper too. Well, in the first Thelonious Monster Tour, we used to, this is in the mid 80s, we used to, John Huck and Chris Hansen were the most presentable. And so we would all hide in the monster van. And then, and then they would go in and get two rooms, one room for each of them, and then all eight of us would it'd be like four to a room for whatever it was. We'll leave the light on, 1999, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. And so for 40 bucks, all eight of us would stay. But that changed quickly once, um, once ne the next Saturday afternoon came out. That did pretty good. We're making money. So then the idea, I, I just realized, like, because I always used to look at it. If we have a 2000 or $5,000 guarantee, God, we should be making money. And then we would come home and we had very, you know, like a 1000 bucks each or something. And I would always think, somebody's stealing the money. But this tour, I realized, no, fucking feeding and housing people and, you know, aimlessly wandering around. I aimlessly wandered around Philadelphia one day. Um, yeah, you probably blow 500 Chicago, bucks just goofing off. Chicago, you know, was I was there when they won the playoff game. And I was going to try to buy a scalper ticket. Scalper ticket was like $700 for a fucking Cubs game. It was crazy. So I wandered around Chicago. I went and had coffee with a friend of mine's dad. It was weird. It was fun. I got to see America. It's changed a lot. It's changed a lot, lot. Right? Well, it really has. Like, everything's kind of, you know, like it is everywhere. Like Walmarts and mm -hmm. Walgreens and Rite Aids and CVSs and 
Smart and Final and it's just, you know, and Macy's and you didn't used to see that. You used to see real America, but now it all looks the same. Every major city I went to, the part of town I was staying in, which was the motel part, all looks the same. Whether it's Chicago or Pittsburgh or it doesn't matter. So crazy. So, you know, now I'm home and now I got to scramble for work. Everybody does. Los Angeles, baby. But Jesus Christ, I just, you know, it was fun while it lasted. I got to be a rock star for three weeks. <laughs> Had my new hat out there, getting comped meals at the clubs. Getting was, a steak. <laughs> but it's weird when you're by yourself, like in New York and in Boston and in, um, and in Philadelphia, they, when I got there, you know, they said, oh, here's the dressing room. And I went into them. And then you're just sitting there by yourself in this weird room with a, like a fruit plate. Like, it's just so weird. So I went every went time and crowd. hung out in the bar. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just like dressing rooms are for like sex and drugs and conversation. But if you're just by yourself, <laughs> you're not taking drugs. You're not having sex with yourself. There's not a lot to do in there. <laughs> you know, I wonder what, like, what all the folk singers do. Sleep. They must bring somebody with them just to talk, to hang Maybe out. Maybe they sleep. Huh? Maybe they sleep. Xander sleeps all the time. Well, Xander has Sean to fight with. But he with. still sleeps. <laughs> what, Xander? His girlfriend broke up with him on the I phone. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> Why would you put that on Facebook? Needs some attention. You get your attention, all negative attention. Isn't he in Europe? Huh? Yeah, he's in, he's like in Prague Europe. or something. Yeah, I think it's very romantic to be broken up with while you're in Prague. I know what would happen to me if that happened and to me. If that happened to me and I was in Prague playing a concert, I, I dare to say something good would come of it. <laughs> Is that terrible? Well, there'd be some mischief for sure. <laughs> there'd be some mischief, but. You know, it is chicken shit of her to do that. Yeah, that's shitty. Should have, they must have been having troubles before. Poor Xander. He's loved and lost a lot. You know, when you're that talented, I mean, I think about Xander a lot. When you're as talented, there's very few people in this city as talented as him. Yeah. But I had half his talent, I wouldn't be in Prague right now. <laughs> I'd be in Malibu, sitting in the sun. Because, you know, there's a lot of guitar players have certain styles they're good at, like Dix is good at the rock and roll thing, and Mike Mart's good at, like, the folky kind of thing, or Fashante's good at his thing, Josh is good at his thing. Xander's good at almost everything. I mean, he's been in Thelonious Monster off and on for 25 years. He's replaced every member, and he's imitated them or done exactly them. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's really like an He's amazing musician. So I think that if you're married to him or like in a relationship with him, you want him to strive for more, to fulfill his potential. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm being totally honest. I don't mean to psychoanalyze somebody that's not here, but yeah. <laughs> I don't mind. Everybody psychoanalyzes me. I don't care. I'm a narcissist, I'm a goofball, I'm a fucking idiot, I'm antisocial, I don't care. I'm too old to care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good guy. Xander's a great guy. And I think it's very weird that you went through this breakup and you put it on Facebook. <laughs> so didn't that invite conversation about it? Uh, I don't know. You don't think so? I don't know. Invites people to comment to him on his Facebook page. Facebook is so important. On, the, on, on somebody's podcast. Facebook <laughs> is so important in our lives. It's incredible. And you finally got on there. I'm yeah. I'm blasting away. I do. I do Facebook because uh, Twitter isn't in one of my phones, and if I take a picture with it and I want to put it on Twitter, but now it's Instagram, right? Yeah. We we should get you on Instagram. These, Which yeah, phone doesn't have? Like I should do it right now. You should do it right now. Which one doesn't have Twitter on it? Um, this one does, but how do you get Instagram on it? You have to download Instagram. 
Anyway. Can you do that on that one? Sure. And then let's see this one. Oh, Nate the man. I'm here setting up. <laughs> yeah, you, you texted me, asked me. I'm home. I, I was yet. parking. I didn't know you I were I didn't see right. your car when I parked. Yeah. So you got here right after me. <laughs> so I don't have Twitter on this one. That's why I do Facebook all the time. Well, what do you want your username to be? You can't be Bob Forrest. Instagram? Instagram. Um, Lenny Bruce. No, you can't be Lenny Bruce. You can't be Lenny Bruce? No. He's dead. <laughs> Somebody, well, they, they probably have it saved and or you. Yeah, no. Bob Forrest something. Bob Forrest is a dad. <laughs> that's good. And that's my Instagram account. And so then everything, you just take a picture and you send it and it goes to Instagram. You got to show me how to do it. Yep. We're going to do it on, on air. God, life is complicated with all this shit. But let's think about this. Let's All the listeners at home, let's try to think. Okay, first there was MySpace. Then there was Facebook, and MySpace went away. Then there was Twitter. Then And now there's Instagram, and Twitter's going away. What will make Facebook go away? We need to all come together as a community. To try to, huh? The return to real life. I know, it's so weird. All right, working on it. It's so weird that people, you ever go to a restaurant? I was just down at 101 having lunch. Everybody's on their phones. I mean, I'm not even being funny. Like, nobody talks. Yeah, that's interesting. And then there was some, you know, this is another thing that goes on. I've been in a million Starbucks in the last three weeks. Like, I'm talking like a bunch of Starbucks, Right. Because I was tired all the time because I didn't sleep and I was out of sorts. I didn't know where I was. And so I just was fueled by coffee the whole time, right? So I was at Starbucks sometimes three times a day. Why do people sit in Starbucks with their computers and just type? And why don't they do that at home? Well, some peop- sometimes when you work at home, it slowly drives you insane. And you have to work someplace else. I think that's part of it. They get it gets out. lonely and weird. Like, I've worked at home for the last year. It's kind of weird. But isn't it lonely and weird sitting in a Starbucks, not talking to anybody with headphones on, typing away? I would think so, but what do I know? Well, you know, we need to figure out what's going to replace Facebook. Well, you'll, you'll be a billionaire if you can figure that out. I know. Well, let's think about it. What made Twitter not popular anymore? It just became unhip? I think so. Wasn't it the, the hippest, hippest thing when Ashton Kutcher was doing it? It was like the hippest, hippest, coolest thing, and everybody was and doing the it. Kids got, the millennial kids or whatever got really into um, taking the photos, and it's more photo-centric. So you don't even have to think at all. You just take a picture and send it out. Yep. That's awesome. That's right up my alley. So when I... Um, Went to a lot, you know, there's not a lot of record stores left in America, but the ones that there are, I went to. And I got, there was so much great shit at this record store in Philadelphia, but I didn't have much money. And I was, um, I didn't have any way to get stuff home. They had such cool things. They had like a Bowie painting from the 70s. You would have loved it. And it was $65. Like, that's another thing that's great about touring. If that poster, if that painting is at Amoeba, it's $400. In Philadelphia, it's $65. So, life goes on and on and on and on to the break of dawn. All right, so I'm on Instagram. I'm doing all the social media stuff. And why? So that you will... So that people will be informed that I have an album out called Survival Songs and that I'm going to be playing in your neighborhood someday. So here's another thing. I think I should play at people's houses, not at concert places. You should probably make more money doing people's yeah. houses. It's more intimate and it's more cool. Like, why not just go to the houses? Like, some of these shows, there's like 30 people there. Why not just go to one of their houses and, like, you know, have an intimate evening? The other thing is, I want to do a Silver Lake Lounge thing again here in L.A. Where should I do it? Not the Silver Lake Lounge. Too hipster now. 
Like where would be the next cool? Maybe at the smell. Nobody's gonna go downtown at five o'clock. Oh, do it in the afternoon. Yeah, I want to do it on Sunday afternoons. You know, when I hotel cafe in the afternoon. Back in the old days, DIY. When I was little Bobby Forrest, the DJ, putting on shows. I did them in several restaurants on Hollywood Boulevard, right? Chinese restaurant, a steakhouse. You just ask them. All right. You know. You officially have an Instagram now. Okay, perfect. You are at Bob Forrest is a dad. Okay. I don't even know what that means, but it's in my phone. I just push on it. I take a picture and I push on it, right? You should go grab your hat so we can get take you a, a profile picture. picture. His Instagram's trying to take a picture of me. It's unusual. So Bob Forrest is entering the digital age officially. It's no longer me running all of his social accounts. Okay. Here we go. He's got his cool new hat. Instagram at bobforrestisdad.com. <laughs> go. Instagram.com at bobforrestisdad.com. This the is mic? my new Instagram. What? You want the mic in the picture? Yeah, yeah. And we're doing it live on the radio. All right. <laughs> That's Let's see. Did it do Let it? Let me see it. Hold on. I got to do my thing to it. I gotta do my thing. But oh, I haven't shown. Have yeah, that it's all different filters. Lark. There you go. And then a filter is done. Okay, what do I do now? Let me see. Uh, discard edits. Keep. Yeah. Okay. Next. Okay. Now what do I do? I write a Wait, caption. Hold on. Let me see if it's. Okay, this is what it would do if it's trying to post it. So you can see how you can click Facebook and Twitter. That's how you send it to the other ones. But I haven't set those up. What's Tumblr? That's a like if you had a blog. That's where you would put it. And then you want to do a hashtag. What are hashtags? Explain so to the audience how, what that's hashtags. That's like a way people can follow certain ideas. So what we should do is hashtag this. So this is my new hat period is what you wrote. So hashtag this is water podcast. Yes. And then next time you try to use that hashtag, it should, if you start typing it, just use the hash symbol, you know, yeah. and then start typing it, it should come up. And then I'll hashtag it you also. So then if somebody searches Bob Forrest, they'll find you. And they'll find that picture? Mm-hmm. So You're like, oh, it's world. the guy in the hat. Who in the world would be all right. doing that? So, so that's all done, right? Yeah. And then Share would send it there. I'm going to click Facebook and Twitter, which will make me start setting it up. Okie dokie. Then I'll go to all those places, too. I feel like I'm going to have to edit this episode a lot. Yeah, you're going to have to edit this one. <laughs> I'm spaced out. I'm out of my mind. You're spaced out. I'm nattering incoherently. So social media is meaningless but very important. Yep, pretty much. It's totally meaningless, and it's totally the center of some people's lives. Oh, absolutely. Meaningless. Anybody under 30 probably. Just now, Mark Hutner just followed you, so I'll follow him Oh, really? Oh, Rick Ballard just followed you too. It's weird because we're talking about it, so it sort of feels like it's in real time. Oh, it's probably it's probably telling all of your Facebook friends. So what is the meaning of life? Instagram. Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, all these important things. God, what a fucking weird society we are. And now you're firmly entrenched. Oh, Nick Cave's on there. Yeah, everybody's on I there. saw them well, in his motherfucking head. These are all the same things I saw this morning on Facebook. Oh, yeah, because everybody shares it here, and then it goes to Facebook. That's all your failure pictures. Yeah. Oh, AC DC. Let there be rock. People, so you... Let there be sound. Let there be guitars. Let there be rock. Damn it, damn it, damn it. For my L.A. moment... You did you did only in, in Philadelphia moments, and you did only in New York. Uh, only in Philadelphia. I don't know if you need to do only in New York. <laughs> well, you got to admit, so it's cold, nice and cold. I like cold, <laughs> it's like where I came <laughs> from. No, and I got in at 10 o'clock at night. There was still 80 degrees here. And the pilot announces as well, and the local temperature is 74 degrees. 74 degrees at 10 o'clock at night. It's been 102 for like six months. It's, it's fucking cr- take crazy. 70. Right? It's crazy. My electric bill is $1,700 because all the air conditioning around here. Wow. That's for two months, though. That's still, though. That's a lot. Well, I live with a bunch of people. So, so yeah, but like... 
And the pilot said, here's the thing, weatherman, the pilot said it like, that's a good thing. Like, isn't that wonderful, ladies and gentlemen? Local temperature is 74 degrees. Like, and, and the, you could just tell, like, people from, where did I fly from, Philadelphia, are like, oh, my God, how wonderful, how nice. It's like hell. It's like living in hell. So Global warming does not exist. It does not exist, according to Marco Rubio. Now let's get down to politics. I love the Republicans. I love it. I love watching them. They're just so funny. It's like one of the greatest reality TV shows ever. Jeb Bush, multi-generational politician, who really, you know, probably can get some shit done. He certainly understands the system. Just looks like some freaky old man compared to, like... Any of them. Yeah, these upstart anti, anti-establishment. So this is the whole thing. I was watching the debate, and then I watched the... Uh, the commentary. So they're with anti-establishment candidates. There's nobody in the Republican Party that's anti-establishment. By it's definition, all, they're establishment. So I, it flashes back to Celebrity Rehab. The first season of Celebrity Rehab was not scripted. They're, they didn't give a fuck. Nobody cared. It was like some startup eight-episode goofy TV show. Then when it became a hit is when it became scripted. So scripted means scripted reality, it's called. Scripted reality. So they come and they come up with story ideas and then they shoot the narrative. Now it's all real because the people do what they're doing. So reality becomes fake, becomes imitation of life versus art versus trash versus false, right? That's what, and that's what politics have become. There's nobody anti-establishment, but that's the narrative. That was what the what the story pe- producers wanted, so that Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and 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 Trump look like these outsiders, these outside the Beltway people, right? <laughs> I want people inside the Beltway that know what's going on. One of the greatest get shit done presidents was President Lyndon Johnson. Now he made a lot of mistakes. He inherited the Vietnam War. But he did a lot of fucking good. And it was because he had been a a congressman for 30 years. He knew how Washington works. So that gets me to Mr. Biden. The one person who can get shit done is not going to do it because his son passed away. Are you fucking kidding me? Your country needs you, brother. What happened to the backbone of our society? In honor of your son, you should seek the presidency, Mr. Biden. It's crazy. All this wimpy, fucking, spineless, snivelly, whiny bullshit that I complain about in rehab, that I complain about in music, that I... It's just... Get a fucking pair. Maybe he thinks Hillary has a better chance. He can get shit done. They're going to roadblock her... Anything oh, yeah. she tries same thing to as do. Her husband, same thing as Obama. But Biden's one that can get in there with Republicans and go, listen, motherfucker, I'll give you your freeway fucking pork barrel bullshit, but you're going to do this. And you're going to do it right because Obama fucked up the health care bill because he was he had no power. They were just going to fuck him, so he wanted to be Mr. Obamacare. So it's one of the fucked up systems I've ever seen. I don't have health care. I can't afford it. I was fine without Mr. Obama's help. There were government programs for people with pre-existing health care issues. Right? It, it just made the insurance companies more money. And so um, people, you know, get shittier health care for more money. And everybody calls, you know, and if you're a liberal like me to, to criticize it, well, people that never had health care have it now. They, I just don't believe that. People who don't have health care don't need it. 19-year-old kids don't fucking need it if they don't take drugs or have mental health issues. Right? They don't. It's just a retarded system. So one person that I thought could get shit done, Biden, doesn't want to do it because he's too emotional because his son died. Which I'm sure, um, if my son dies before me, I'll be devastated. But I'll still get up and go to work and do what you're supposed to do. I don't know how the society became so weird and spineless. So that's one thing. So then all of the Republicans, I was looking at them, 
you know, if they can get a mandate, if they can get, if they can have a majority in Senate and a majority in Congress and get the White House, they can get a lot of that shit they want done, no matter who it is. Dumb fuck little, you know, Bobby Crystal or whoever else it is. Anybody can get shit done if you got a mandate. But it's really weird to watch them, like in their whole anti-Washington. Why would you want to be president if you were anti-Washington? The whole thing doesn't make sense. And America never thinks, oh, it doesn't make sense. Why does Donald Trump want to be president if he hates Washington? That's where he's going to be living for four years. He's going to be stuck in the mire of the beltway politics and whatever. That's what politics is, asshole. What is he going to do? Move the White House to New York City? Right? If there's a way. <laughs> <laughs> Branded Trump Tower. Yeah. Right? He could have the West... Well, Nixon had the Western White House. Trump could have the Upper East Side White House. Yeah, just work out the top floor of Trump Towers. Yeah. I drove by there. It's so sleazy, the gold lettering. Yeah. America's so stupid. <laughs> what they think is cool is so uncool. You know what is cool, though? The Ace Hotel. I'm, I'm going to a show there. Are you going to the, to the... Probably not. Nothing cool. What is it? I'm going to see Seal there. Seal? Yeah. The guy Seal? Yeah. You are one strange bird, Mr. Nathan. <laughs> Seal. Huh. Who knew? Didn't go see uh, uh, Patty Smith there, but... <laughs> well, David Lynch played there a couple of months ago. He played there? Yeah. Did his like, weird wannabe well, Tom Waits thing? Well, it was a tribute of his music. Like, I don't know, the a bunch of people played, and then, yeah. And then he talked. Josh played there with Fiona Apple. I saw that on Instagram. He plays with everybody. Not me. Well. I'm going to twist his arm. I'm going to make a bicycle thief record. Come on now. Playing with Fiona Apple. Damien Almar, or whoever his name is. Albarn. From Blur. Albarn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost went and saw Blur in New York, but the tickets were too expensive. When you're in New York, you want to go see something. Yeah. So I went and... Broadway. I went to the Rangers game, and then I went and saw Z's. I think that's pretty good. Rangers and Aziz is better than Blur. Yeah, I think so. Way cheaper. Definitely. And more New Yorkers around you, like more an experience of it. You know, I hadn't I hadn't really been around Dr. Drew in such a long time. We he's a really funny guy that people don't even know. So he and I have been talking about having a podcast together where he let people know what he really is. Like within five or ten minutes he was telling a really inappropriate story. It was so funny and and I was just like, God, if you just would tell that story on the radio, that'd be so great. <laughs> some people are very guarded about their private life. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that are very guarded. I have some that are open books, right? Very guarded, and some very guarded. You don't no. think it's weird? That some people are guarded? No. Well, if you're going to be a public... Kind of guarded. If you're going to be a public figure, but you're not a public figure. If you're going to be a public figure and you're a public spectacle and you want people to look at you and, and pay then, to and sit in a seat and you don't want to talk about anything, yeah, maybe that's it is very peculiar to me. You know that Jack White has um, confidentiality agreements that he has you sign if you come to Third Man or you're a part of his life or you yeah, go to his sense. house? Get, he wanted Gibby to sign one and Gibby wouldn't sign it. He's yeah. like, I'll talk about whatever fuck I want. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I just, I don't know what happened, but I mean, they ended up making a record, so it must have been <laughs> all right. But it's just so funny, like, like gossip <laughs> is a part of the world. People gossip, people, whatever, who cares? It's the caring. See, if it's yeah. the guardedness that means you care more. Right? I don't, I, whatever yeah, people want to say about me, would they say it? I don't even really want to hear it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, say it, but I don't want to hear it. Kind of like a don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> I just, whatever you think of me, just don't tell me to my face. <laughs> just be nice, be cool, have fun, and don't then go gossip about me behind my back. That's fine with me. Because gossip is just subjective argument, anyways. So and so stuck up. So-and-so's, uh, you know, uh, wimp. So-and-so's an asshole. 
subjective perspectives, right? And I truly believe that people are assholes and benevolent and loving and mean and human. Yep. And so what, what gossip suggests is, well, everybody thinks they're nice, but actually they're mean. Yeah, no, they're both nice and mean. And that you're so focused on somebody else's kind of thing is really weird. That's where the whole Facebook and the gossip and the... You did it with talking about Xander. He put it on the internet that his girlfriend broke up with him. And then now I can't talk about it. Even if he didn't put it on the internet, I would talk about it. Oh but God. that he put it on the internet and he's getting sympathy. That's what he wanted, right? You want support. You want to be heard. And the problem of suicide and the problem of our society is people don't say anything. They don't be heard. They don't, they fear gossip. They fear people judging them. They fear what people say about them. And so they jump off of bridges. I mean, the guy was 40 years old. Yeah. Like, you know, like when Kurt killed himself, I remember I was living in Richmond, Virginia, and I, I'm, I have weird thoughts, right? First thing I thought was poor Francis, right? Second thing I thought about an hour later is like, Dude, he could have just gotten a private jet and flown to Paris and shot speedballs with a bunch of, you know, young gals. <laughs> he could have he could have opened a bookstore. He could have driven down and looked at the house he grew up in. There's a lot of things he could have done that day. But instead, he decided to kill himself. Right? It's weird. It's a choice. It's not an inevitable truth or fact. It's a choice that somebody made. I, well, let's see. So if you have unlimited resources and you got nothing to do and you wake up in the morning and you're kind of sad, there's a million options to you, right? And to choose the one that has you have no, no tomorrow, that's really peculiar. Isn't it? Yeah. Now, when people that are, um, then here's a strange thing. There's not a lot of high suicide rate in the homeless population. So people that are in the bottom rung of the ladder that you would think would just be dropping like flies don't. At, it's, it's upper middle class white males. That's who killed themselves in the United States of America. Middle class, what used to be middle class. People that have a place to live and have a car and have their needs met. Men in their... I think it's early 40s, are the prime demographic of suicide in America. People that really could, you know, go to Cabo. <laughs> Divorce their wife. Get a, coach a basketball team. A million options. But by their silence, by their self-pity, by their false pride, by their inability to let people know how they're feeling, by being afraid of what people will think of what they're feeling and what they're thinking, they remain silent until they just do it. And that's got to stop. Now, you know, on one hand, I'm always into suicide prevention and drug dependency awareness and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And on another hand, I'm a cynic. It's like, there's too many people already, right? They're cured hepatitis C. Now they're going to cure cancer. What the fuck? Nobody's going to die. We're going to have a... We're going to have billions of old people watching TV. Send them to Mars, <laughs> the Mars Retirement Center. That could be cool. You know, no, I've just always thought, like, Hunter led the way. Like, I'm going to live like this, and when, and when it gets where I can't really live like this, bye-bye. And I'm sure I'll have a lot of conversations with the people I love, which apparently he did over a year and a half period of time. Um, so, you know, his son is, is Facebooking. Juan, isn't that weird? Everybody's on I'm Facebook friends with Hunter S. Thompson's son. How fucking, how does that happen in the world? I don't know. Anyways, so if you're having a, a tough time, just talk to somebody, text somebody, go for a walk, go to a record store, you know. Buy but a record. 
but here, you know, notice I didn't say call a therapist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, therapy helps in the overall long term. It doesn't help short term. You've got to look deep within yourself and say, hey, is there something I could do different here? Yeah. Buy yourself a pie. Buy yourself a pie. Put on, put on some jazz. Buy a pie. And uh, have, 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 have an affair. <laughs> <laughs> so, but let me, let me follow this thought. So, so when you, it's, I have a needle. When you look at a truly happy couple that's been married for 20 or 30 years. That's a rarity. Yeah. That's like a black pearl. You know what I mean? That's seriously rare. Now, are there people that are a combination of miserable and okay and sometimes happy in long-term marriages? Yes. I would say that's the category that's the majority. And then there are people that you know, like me, it goes up, you're happy, then it goes into nothingness and dormant and then animosity and then ends. God bless America. God bless Donald Trump. Thank you, Jesus, for Donald Trump. Because he makes me laugh every day. <laughs> that gets back to the whole point of that. Why are people so nervous about being gossiped about? Why when Xander hears this, is he going to be upset? He should be happy. Or somebody listening shouldn't tell him that I talked about him. Right? You'll probably tell him. Or I'll just cut it all out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the, the morality of Nate the man. Shouldn't talk about other people. Where did you get no, that? Let's you, trace you that back. Let's trace that back. Why should you not talk about other people? You know what the biggest fear of all these people are? All the superstars that don't want to be talked about. and Kanye and... Oh, they don't want to be talked about and they want their privacy and whatever. You know what the worst thing that could happen to them is? Nobody gives a fuck. And that's hopefully <laughs> will happen to all of them. And so then they can be anonymous and they can be, nobody will care who they're fucking or what they're doing or where they <laughs> ate. No one will care whether they broke up with somebody or not. Nobody will care. And then they go, geez, it was much better when people cared. <laughs> I care, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bob Forrest, Nate the Man. This has been This Is Water. You have been listening to the This Is Water podcast. Email us at thisiswaterpodcast at gmail.com and follow Bob on Twitter at AskBobForrest.